living this baseball life where we're apart so much, it's really emphasized to us like what what's most important. Hi, we are Colleen and Colleen, and we have made it our mission to spread kindness and make everyone feel like they belong. So each week we will share real life stories, motivating insights, and helpful tips that will inspire you to live a kinder, happier life. We believe that together we can make the world a much better place. Are you in? I'm in. Let's do this. Welcome to the You Fit Here podcast. Hi guys, it's CB and I am here with another episode of You Fit Here. Today I have an awesome guest who I can't even keep my chill right now because she just told me something that she did tell me a couple days ago, but I failed to pick up on because I am not the sharpest tool in the shed today. (laughs) So we will announce that in a minute, but I have Casey Sogard with us. Casey is a major league baseball wife, a mother to lots of kids, (laughs) someone who knows all too well about uncertainty, and she knows how important it is to keep family at the center of everything, especially right now with all of us. Going through everything we are going through, we thought this was the perfect opportunity to bring Casey on to give her tips, her wisdom, and her insight for all of you. So welcome, Casey. Thank you. I'm so glad to talk to you today. I am so glad. This just like took us a minute here because I cannot get myself (laughs) together. Oh my gosh. But Casey, I was lucky enough to meet because her husband, Eric, played with the Milwaukee Brewers last year summer I met you right? two no like two or three. Oh my gosh I, I know time either We're well so old. Said, Casey's <laughs> husband has been playing in the major leagues for like 10 years yeah almost yep it's oh been a my while. God. yeah well so many people would think being married to a professional athlete is all rainbows and sunshine but like <laughs> anything else in life it has its ups and downs so can you tell us what it is like just a general your life with professional sports oh my gosh where do I even start um let's see we live in one place which is our home which is Phoenix we live here from what we call the off season so like October to the end of spring training, if we're lucky to have spring training in Arizona. And then we pack up and we go and we rent a house or an apartment or whatever, wherever we are for baseball season. So this year, that's Milwaukee again, which is really cool. We're so glad to be back somewhere that's familiar to us, which is cool. Um, But yeah, we just travel all the time and just lots of like on the go and going with the flow basically. Yeah, totally. In the 10 years you guys have been in California, Milwaukee, Toronto, Florida, coming back to Milwaukee, Arizona, of course. Mm -hmm. How do you do that with your brood of children and (laughs) your sanity? I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned in baseball is to really just like lower my expectations of how I think things are going to happen so I feel like I always like try to plan things and things just don't always go according to plan so it's like I just I just have to go with the flow like I can't really expect everything to 
always happen the way I want it to because I feel like in baseball I would be let down a lot of times if I did that. Right. I mean, this whole thing we're in, like we're in a part of history right now and that's how everyone is feeling. Like, and I keep saying, I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm going (laughs) to ride this out because I can't do anything about it. So it is what it is. For sure. That's like the biggest thing. It's like, I can't control everything, so I have to just control what I can and kind of just go with the flow on everything else. So with you raising your family, being on the go all the time, I mean, not even just moving, you guys, with your game schedule, yeah, it's wild. You guys are constantly, with your kids, flying and traveling to, I feel like, a lot of games. Yeah, so Eric's schedule... The number of games they play usually, I don't know about this year because this year is crazy, but normally they play 162 games in 180 days. Oh my gosh. So like people think like, oh, baseball, you play like a couple days a week. Like, no, we literally play like every single day for like seven months straight, basically. So it's like, if we want to stay together as a family, we have to travel or else right. we just won't be together. And like right. for us, that's not an option. This year, I don't really know what's going to happen this year, but like normally our rule is we don't go longer than seven days apart. So we do whatever we can to make sure that either we're traveling or whatever it is. We just, we stay together as much as possible. That's like the only thing we can control. And it kind of makes our life like, more normal I guess to us yeah that's just I don't know that's what we do I think it's amazing I pretended to you know be a Cubs fan once upon a time when I started dating my husband (laughs) you know like went to a game and acted like I knew what was happening and then I met Casey and I was like oh my gosh what like this is what baseball is like in real life weird (laughs) so crazy so also with the games and uncertainty, Eric can get traded like whenever, right? Yeah. You guys are packing up and moving and just like, let's uproot our life right now. <laughs> so what can you say to the parents and the people who are feeling so uncertain and so unknown right now when this is just a part of your guys's life? What can they be doing to calm down and go with the flow? Yeah, I think... Like, again, like I said, just control the things that you can control. So if if your normal daily routine involves you eating dinner together, control that and do that. And then don't expect the rest to go as, as planned. Just control what you can. Keep things as normal or regular as possible. But in, I feel like you need to embrace the the craziness, embrace the change. Like, I feel like we're so lucky right now because so many families are getting to spend so much time together, which like, especially for us, we don't get this time. We wouldn't even be in our house right now. So it's been such a blessing in disguise that we can have these times. So we're really just like embracing this time that we have together and it's going to pass and it's crazy. And a lot of it sucks, but like, there's a lot of good things that are coming out of it, which is really cool. I totally agree. I saw a post that said, when everything is uncertain, everything that is important becomes clear. 
And I was driving home from a grocery pickup today and mm-hmm. I felt like I was playing Frogger. There were so many people like walking and riding bikes and yes. I have never seen these people in my life, in my neighborhood. And I was like, this is actually really cool to see people yeah. together and just, they probably haven't gotten on that bike in years. That <laughs> yes. one too, that was like, it was a picture of a family and it was like families before quarantine and they're all just sitting in the same room on their phones. Oh, like families during quarantine and it's like pictures of families out and like eating dinner together and hiking and bike riding and like all of this stuff and it's like why did it take this for all of us to like really realize what we were kind of getting sucked into you know it's so true do you guys have any of those staple things like you said dinner but I know you guys have to revolve around games. Do you have staple things that you do as a family to kind of keep your normal when you're on the go? You know, as a family, there's we try to just get out and do as much as we can. Um, the one thing that we do have as a staple is Eric and I go on a date every week. <laughs> like Aww. Once a week, we go on a date. And it's like, we love spending that quiet time with our kids and that like time with them. But what's most important for us in our family is that we get that like three hours alone together. And that's, that's like the kids know, like, we'll be like, we're going to go out. Like the babysitter's coming. They're like, Oh, you're going on a hot date. Like they just know that like, that is what we need. And for us, that's like most important for them to see, like, that's what's important to us. And then when we can be like, in a good place together and like our relationship is good we're better parents and our kids appreciate that (laughs) yeah and it totally is modeling them how they should treat their significant other and they want to be treated by someone in the future too that you are a priority and you don't just have kids and then forget about each other and one day they're grown up and oh there's a stranger next to me (laughs) yeah exactly and I mean whatever you're like normal is like you're a single mom and you take that day for yourself to do whatever by yourself or you know you have two moms or you have a grandpa and a grandma that take care of you or whatever it is just to like have that stability of that's what's important and like that helps everything else run smoothly too that's kind of what we think helps us most I guess I love that and knowing how little time you have to just choose whatever you want to do in that time it almost the time that you have I would think more quality and more important than just taking for granted the time with your significant significant other or kids or anyone around you yeah totally it's yeah during the season we have so little time together that like when the off season comes we are like spending so much time together I feel like we're leaving the kids like so much but we have to. That's just, it's just what worked for us. Oh, I love that. Well, with this, for you guys, this quarantine, how is it for you guys right now? Because normally you would be up in Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were supposed to be there like three days ago. So it's super weird. It's really cool because like I said, we would not be at our house right now, which is kind of exciting to like, Normally, we've been packing for the last few weeks and, like, planning getting our cars shipped and finding places to live and 
all of that, but we've kind of just been like able to chill and just live basically in our house, which is awesome. And Eric's been able to be home and the kids love it. It's just, it's been like really good for us. Yeah. More ups than downs. Yeah. I feel like I should be more nervous because everyone else seems to be really nervous and I'm not nervous about it. <laughs> no, we need, we need calm energy <laughs> to infect other people because that nervous energy doesn't get us anywhere. Let me yeah, tell you. True. <laughs> Just clouds my mind. Oh my gosh. I'll so, call you next time you're freaking out. Yeah, totally. Casey, I need some of your calm go with the flow you do right now. <laughs> a little high strung at the moment. Oh my God. So as a mom, how do you keep everyone feeling? I mean, I guess in a sense, they've just grown up this way, so they wouldn't know any different, but everyone feeling grounded when you're uprooted, so to speak, or moving or traveling for games. Is there anything you've ingrained in your kids to just, this is how it is, you know? Yeah, I think that, like you said, it's just kind of the only thing they know. Like we haven't, this is just all we've ever done. Like they just travel and we move. And it's funny because we'll get like, we'll be on an airplane and people will be like, oh, like talking to him. And where are you going? Are you going home? And she's like, us. we're going to our Milwaukee house, not our Arizona house and not our Florida house, but our, Mo- like it making people think that we have like 14 different houses and like, <laughs> she's just like, Oh, this is just where we're going. Like they don't know any different, which is to them has been, they don't know it yet, but it's such a huge advantage to them. Like they're so flexible with everything we do. And like just in life in general, that like plans change during the day and they're, they rarely freak out. Like I feel like kids should freak out because when their routine doesn't go the way that they want it to, but they've been so lucky and they don't even know it yet that they're just so flexible with everything, which is cool. Yeah. Their routine is almost just anything can change. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like when they didn't go to school, like they were going to get taken out of school anyway. So this isn't like, this isn't like a big change for them. They're just like expecting to go somewhere. They like keep asking, are we going to Milwaukee tomorrow? Like they don't even know when we're going or what we're going, what we're doing. Right. Just normal for them. So when they are pulled out of school, are they homeschooled when you're out of state or? Yeah. So Sadie's in kindergarten. So this was her first year that we had to like, I homeschooled her at home a little bit before we went into kinder and then I'll homeschool them when we get to Milwaukee and then for the next, I guess, the start of first grade. And then when we put her in, she'll be like a month late or two months late. Oh, okay. So it's not too bad. Right. But yeah, we'll just homeschool her for the time being. And Eric's getting older, so we'll be really lucky if he plays for like three or four more years. Like that's the goal. But otherwise, we'll just kind of make it work and see what happens with school and we'll just go on you know figure it out as we go that's just what we do. there's no sense in looking that far because I can't plan that so I'm just gonna wait I'm gonna let it go and I love how you say older as if yeah. Isn't that crazy? yeah he's turning 34 this year oh my and he's God. probably like the second oldest on his team like we're the oldest really? 
Yeah, we're the old ones. That is so wild. I know. It was crazy. That's like when you were a younger kid and you looked at TV and you thought someone seems so old and then you're like my age now and you're like, oh my gosh, everyone on The Bachelor is like 23 and I feel like a great watching this right now. <laughs> exactly. Oh no, I'm like, you know, when Eric retires in a few years, I'm like... He's like 34. Like, that's so weird. <laughs> so wild. Well, I feel like you found the good in this situation for sure and are really embracing it. Thank you. It's been, it's been good for us, I think. Yeah. yeah I agree. I think if you can make the most of this time, then we can all come out of this so much better off. Sure. Yeah. I mean, praying everyone stays healthy and right. Of course, of course. Like, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of scary things happening, but that's not going to help to for us to worry about it when it's out of our control right now. Well, right. for the most part, right, right. Um, so, with you traveling and having all of your kids in your care, when you know Eric is so busy. And, but you're moving from place to place. So your friend groups, your family groups, how do you maintain that and create that like core circle of people who are there for you when physically you might not be able to be there with people? Yeah, I mean, we, it's kind of funny because we like, we do, I feel like we have like two separate groups of friends during two separate parts of the year. Not that we don't talk to one or the other during the other time, but we for sure, like once baseball's over, it's like baseball people kind of just fade a little bit and then we kind of come home and enjoy our time with our family and all of our like local friends. And then when we leave, I'm lucky that I have a lot of great, great friends here in Arizona that always like call and check in on me and how are you? How's Eric doing? And like following his career, but like not only just calling and asking about baseball, but like calling to see how I'm doing and that's been really like important and I think a lot of baseball wives would tell you that like that is a lot of what happens is that like people just want to see how Eric's doing or how the baseball guys are doing which is great like they support them and whatnot but it's nice to like have friends that really just like want to make sure that you're okay because they know how crazy your schedule is and I think that's kind of the same like with moms in general like we're all so busy that it gets hard to like find the time to check in on people and but it's also not that hard you know I think about that all the time it's like how hard is it for me to just send a text to Colleen and say hey how are you I can sit on Instagram for 25 minutes while my kids are sleeping but like I can't text my friend to see how she is (laughs) I know I think we become so guilty of that I that I was going to set a reminder in my phone every day to flirt with my husband because even just during the day, I just <laughs> caught up in so many other things and I'm like, I didn't have time, but I just didn't make time that, to do yes, Totally. That's exactly it. Like, and I've, I've really made a point like the last few weeks and like, I would challenge everybody to do the same. Like I've been FaceTiming so many people yes. and it's like people that I don't, that I text and like, I see them often, but like, just FaceTime them. Like there's something different about a text message and like 
seeing somebody and being like, how are you? Like, are you doing okay? How's your family? What can I do for you? So do that. I totally agree. And your kids, I'm sure, are used to having FaceTime relationships with family members and stuff. So, so many of these kids who are in quarantine figuring this out right now, (laughs) we're like a beacon of light. Like, it's okay. Yes. (laughs) You can go time without seeing each other. Just connect in other ways. Yes, for sure. I've seen so many, like, people saying, oh, do you want to do pen pals and, like, things like that, which is so old school, but I love it. Like, I think it's so cool. I agree. It can really bring us back. Yeah. Back a little bit in time to the basics here. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, speaking of those children, I was going to ask this question. I have it typed (laughs) out that says, you and Eric have four beautiful children. What is it like (laughs) to have four kids under six? Um, And then I realized I had my numbers wrong. (laughs) Tell us about this, Casey. Surprise, surprise. The Sogards adopted another baby. (laughs) You guys. Okay. Casey sent me a text (laughs) with a picture of five children on a trampoline, but the baby was so tiny in the picture (laughs) that I was just like, oh my gosh, they're the cutest. Did not actually see the fifth child in the picture and... Then today she's like, well, all five of them. I'm like, what are you talking about? Five? Eric? Is that what you're adding to your children? Yeah. I thought she was talking about her husband as one of her children. Um, Congratulations, Casey. Thank you. And the whole fam. So I was going to say that when your youngest prior was six months old, you adopted a fourth child. And now you adopted a fifth child. So tell us like everything. Okay. Well, we just fully believe that God knows our timing better than we do because I like to plan things and they just don't go however I want them to plan, you know? So I've given up on that as we've talked about. I cannot plan anything on my own anymore, but we, so we adopted Layla last April and we knew that we wanted to adopt again. We So when we adopted Layla, Pryor was six months old. And that was a shock kind of to us. But it was all perfect. So this time we were like, okay, we know we want to adopt again. But we're going to give ourselves a little bit of time. Like, we've got two babies super close together. Let's, like, ride this out a little bit. And then we'll kind of move on to the next. And then... Our adoption agency called me and was like, we have an expectant mom in Arizona and she has already turned down like eight different families and she's looking for a family here. Would you be interested in her seeing your family? Because they knew that eventually we were going to adopt again. So we were like, holy cow. Okay. Let's. <laughs> let us like think about this for a little bit and let me pray on it and whatever else I need to do. And then we'll get back to you. And lo and behold, here we are with our fifth baby, (laughs) baby Rye. He is two weeks old now. And so we have prior. Well, okay. Sadie's six. Nick's is four. Prior is 17 months. Layla is 11 months and baby Rye. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. I know. It's a little crazy, but it's, it all like just felt so right. And it does feel right. And it, I don't know. You just, when you know, you know, I guess. Did you guys always know that you wanted to adopt? We did. So I have two sisters. I'm, I'm one of four girls. My two youngest sisters are adopted. And so ever since before we were married, we always just like knew that one day we would adopt. And here we are. That's so beautiful. For parents who are considering adopting, but kind of not there yet, what would you say to them to put themselves in the place where, you know, you didn't really plan this timing how you would have thought you would have, but it happened and like everything in your life, kind of the things you want to control, you let go and, you know. Yeah, I think the first and foremost, I would just go and like educate yourself as much as possible. A lot of people see adoption as like this beautiful, like you're saving this baby and it is amazing and it's beautiful in so many ways, but it's also really hard in so many ways and it all kind of stems from like heartache and loss and like we have two birth moms that love their babies so much that they wanted to place them with us to give them a better life that they knew they couldn't as a parent right now. So it's like there's a lot of hurt and a lot of heartache but it's also amazing because we added two beautiful babies to our family. So that would be my first my first piece of advice, I guess, is just educate yourself on all aspects of adoption because it will be hard and it can be very expensive and just so many different things that like anything else, any other big decisions, I would just go and like read and learn as much as possible and make that decision because it's not for everyone, but I wish it was for everyone because there's so many babies that could use loving homes, but yeah, just go and make sure you know like what you're getting yourself into, I guess. Mm-hmm. And all the, I know there are a bunch of different types of adoption, mm-hmm. but you have relationships with the birth moms, correct? We do. It's amazing. A lot of adoptions now, <clears throat> excuse me, I think I would say the majority of ado- adoptions are leaning more towards the open adoption side, which can range anywhere from like, pictures sent in the mail to a birth mom to like what we do lots of visits and contact and whatever else and for us it's been amazing and I think for our birth moms it has also been amazing like just for them to see their babies and that they're happy and I want my babies to like know their birth moms and not have any unanswered questions just be able to like be an open book and what Eric and I always say is like they cannot be loved by too many people. And that's oh, that. you know, I would never want to take that away from them. I, like they have two big families that love them and it's just cool. We we love it. It's perfect for us. And I feel like that's so healing for everyone. Sure. For your children when they get older, who are they're not gonna go through this kind of journey. Who was my birth mom? And yeah. There's no surprises and it's no, like, nothing was hidden. Like, this is just what happened. And they loved you so much that they chose to make this decision and it was not easy for them. And you were never not wanted. You, You were wanted by so many people. And 
yeah, they just, they're getting lots of love from everybody. That is so beautiful. I can't even believe it. I mean, <laughs> it is so exciting. Okay, five okay. kids though. That's insane. Who has five kids? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Colleen Stein, she's always like, wait, 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 you're, you're choosing to get pregnant? Like, when she talks to me, she's like, are you sure? Because I have five and are you sure? You might want to rethink that. (laughs) Obviously she's joking, but she's always like, do you, do you really understand what you're getting? Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I was going to say, would you say that little Layla has completed your family, but that is no longer the question. No. No. (laughs) Baby Rye has completed our family and we can officially say, yes, we are done and everybody tells me never say never Casey but right? I'm saying never like this, this is it like I'm saying it now <laughs> the three under 17 months is a little a crazy yeah, yeah but it's so fun it's so fun oh my gosh I can't even imagine I mean how do you even juggle all of this especially when you're in season and you are alone a lot of the time Yeah. I mean, I have no shame in admitting that I have a nanny and that's just like how I get by. I mean, we right now in the off season, we have a nanny that comes like a few hours during the day and Eric goes and works out and I can get the things done around the house that I need to. And then during the season, we will have a full time like live in nanny because he's just gone all the time. And I, I don't think I can just physically do it by myself. So we're really lucky. Like, I feel so lucky that we're able to do that and, like, have the help that I need. But no shame in my nanny game. No. And I think that's so important for people to hear that I'm not just going to act like I'm doing this myself and then make other people who feel like they can't do it themselves feel bad (laughs) because we all need help to do what we need to do in life and to stay sane and be give how we want to give to our kids and our spouses like we're not going to be a good version for them if we're pulling our hair out and frazzled and have no time to even think for a second yeah 100 percent. that's exactly my thought process all the times that if I am a crazy person like how am I supposed to be a good mom like I can't I need to take care of myself and Eric and I take care of each other and then we can take care of our kids that's just how it works for us. So you just constantly show on social media and just knowing you that family is just your number one. It's like, this is your life. And I know this sounds like a weird question, but I'm going to turn it back on you. Like how important truly is your family unit to you? Yeah. I mean, our family is everything. I think especially living this baseball life where we're apart so much it's really emphasized to us like what is what's most important and that's just like us being together and it's I think it's I don't know if maybe other people don't get to experience it because our job I mean probably military families are like on the extreme of it but we can kind of see how am I going to put this? Having been apart, we can see how much our family struggles when we are apart. And so like 
focusing on keeping us together has really shown us like how important it is that we're all working together and like spending time together and being a family. I would really hope that this coronavirus time kind of gives all of us a kick in the butt reminder for this where maybe we are really blessed that we have more time with our families and we take advantage of that way too often and fill it with phones or, you know, not working on our family unit. So hopefully we will all be reminded (laughs) family is the most important thing at the end of the day, truly when all said and done, social media is gone. All this stuff is gone. Like, what do you have? You have your family unit. Yeah, for sure. I think it's been interesting to see, like, there's only so much you can put on social media right now because we're all sitting in our houses. Like, we're not doing anything. So we're being forced to hang out with each other and, like, forced to spend this family time. And, yeah, like you said, it's. I think it has been super evident, at least from what I've seen, that people have, like, started to realize once again, like, this is, oh yeah, like I do have a cool family and like, oh, it is fun to spend time together. Forgot about that. <laughs> right. I do like these people I live with, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or speaking of Instagram, you, uh, do you call yourself, what do you call yourself on Instagram? Mm, I don't know. Gosh, I don't know. Word, I don't know. I, but, I hate influencer. I hate that so much. <laughs> I'm such a negative word. I, I, I under, I feel you on that. I didn't want to, I, we need a better term people. We do. Um, but you do document your life on social media. Yep. And did that start as just a creative outlet for you or, you know, how did that all come about? Yeah, for sure. A creative outlet. Like I, I've always loved photography and it's not like now it's just pretty much on my phone taking pictures of my kids, but like totally a way for me to kind of integrate like my getting my creative juices flowing while also like documenting my family while also being able to share with other people like for me it's kind of like a photo album like I can just go through and like oh I remember when we did this or I remember this and then also being able to share with people who are like super interested in our lifestyle because it's not typical and just being able to be creative and take pictures and share that with people Mm -hmm. and connect with people. I think I first found you because both of our sons went through having a dilated kidney when they were babies. That's right. That's how I, I was like, I've never heard anyone who had this before either. And I need to talk to you and be your friend. Yes. I love that. Like, isn't that so cool? How, we can just connect with like all these people that have things in common that we didn't even know. I know. It's this like so cool. Anyone who's looking around feeling we always say this, like you feel alone, yeah. but there's this whole crazy world where my business partner and so <laughs> many of my friends, I mean, I've met you in person, but yeah. normally I don't meet in person and yeah. I feel closer to them than people I do know in person yeah totally it's it's awesome like yeah we feel alone in so many especially being moms it's like you're always feeling alone like oh my kids are the only ones that do this and my kids are the worst and they don't listen to me and everyone else's kids are better and they listen and whatever but like 
it's not true, which is another point I'd like to make is like, we need to share like real life on social media, you know? I was just going to comment on this because (laughs) when you said the thing about, you know, there are no secrets here, you have the most authentic, that's an overused word right now also, but really like down to earth social media presence where you are taking pictures in like (laughs) your sweats and you're like, (laughs) like you are just funny and keep everyone to feel light and accepted as themselves because you are just so comfortable with who you are and your life. And it's so awesome to watch and not watch someone who's going to go make you feel bad about yourself when you get off your phone because your world doesn't seem as perfect as theirs. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's at first, I feel like it was kind of hard for me because I really want to show like super authentic, whatever my life, but like, I love pretty pictures too. So it's like, what's the like combo of like, this looks really pretty because I love things that are aesthetically pleasing, but like, also it's not perfect. So I I think like, especially Instagram stories are like my favorite place to just be like, watch this because my day was freaking crazy today and like show the real side of things, but also like show the good things too. I don't know if that makes any sense. (laughs) I don't think there's anything wrong with a beautiful picture telling a chaotic story in your life. I love beautiful pictures too. And just because something is crazy or real doesn't mean it has to be a crappy picture. Sure. Yes, I love that. I love that. <laughs> right? It can be a pretty picture. Um, well, thank you so much, Casey. For everyone who's going to want to go follow you now, who doesn't already, tell them where they can find you and watch your crazy stories <laughs> and your beautiful pictures and follow your family of how many now? Seven. Seven now. Which the irony, Eric chose number seven this year as his number for baseball. So we are before the he seven. Yeah, before we knew. No way. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? So we're like, so guard seven, here we are. Anyway. I know, it's perfect. Anyways, follow on Instagram at Casey Sogard. It's spelled super weird, so I'll let Colleen tag that so you can uh, figure that out. <laughs> tag that and is there one note you can leave our audience with you know this whole story of your life and how you have tried to control things and that's just not how things work out sometimes to give everyone some advice to get through the next few weeks and embrace it um Eric and I always just say like we're gonna just enjoy the ride that's what yeah. we do we just enjoy the ride. We're on the ride. We can't control everything. So we're just going to go with the flow and enjoy the ride. I love it. Thank you so much, Casey. You're welcome.